Welcome to Cage Free Voices Radio, an innovative educational entertainment radio show where youth and young adults have the opportunity to reflect, connect, and transcend internal and external barriers. We are your hosts, Bathsheba Smithen, or you can call me Sheba, and Miss Joanne Nelson Gerbier, or you can call her Miss J, is not with us this episode, but she will be returning for the next one. So we are excited to have with us today Miss. Mr. Jawan Addison. He is incredible. He's a motivational speaker. He is now in college pursuing his dreams. And I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to him to introduce himself. Jawan, introduce yourself to the people and tell us a little bit about you. Hey, everyone. My name is Jawan Addison. Um, I'm from Alexandria, Virginia. I'm 24 years old. I'm a sophomore at college. Um, I'm also I'm also the Student Government Association president at my school. I run track, the captain of the track team. Um, I've won so many just academic awards and things like that. It, it's just crazy. So you say you've won a lot of academic awards. Like, has it always been that way for you? No, by no means. In high school, I was a straight up student. I dropped out of high school in eleventh grade. What what contrib what what made you change and what contributed to the 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 poor or what what some people would say academic poor academic standing? Honestly, my my poor choices as a as an individual when I was a, ch- a young man growing up. Um, when I was in eleventh grade, I had I had got incarcerated. Um, so basically what I was doing, I, I was selling drugs and things like that, just ripping and running through Alexandria, Virginia, and just acting like I was, you know, big man on campus when really I wasn't doing anything. Um, and it, it landed me in prison. So, so you said that you, um, you were selling drugs. I, you, you've gone from selling drugs and being incarcerated to gaining momentum academically and getting all of these academic awards. What was the turning point for you? Well, just it, that that honestly wasn't my first time going to, 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 to prison or to a detention center. It was my first time going to an adult prison, you know, but since the age of 12, you know, this is something that I've been dealing with back and forth, juvenile detention center, kicked out of school and things like that. But honestly, when I had, when I had got sentenced to that to that five year stint in the eleventh grade, I had just turned uh, two weeks after I turned eighteen years old. Wow. Um, you know, one of the things that that I honestly always kept in my heart, my mother, she was she was in the courtroom with me when I got sentenced to that five yeah. years. And, you know, like the the only thing I really remember is looking back at her and listening to my mom. She looked at me with tears in her eyes and she like, Keep your head up, son. Uh, you know. My mother's love. Yeah. Moms never, never depart. She, yeah, I mean, she, and she's always been there. So that's just something that I always kept dear to me. And I'm just like, man, I can't, I can't keep seeing her cry like this. Would you say that any of your, your upbringing contributed or played a part in some of your decision making? Or was this just, you know, you just made these decisions and they had nothing to do with um, how you grew up? Most definitely. Um, From, 
as as long as I can remember, you know, like misguidance, you know, looking up to the wrong individuals. Um, you know, for as long as I can remember, you know, my, my mother was addicted to, to, to crack cocaine. Um, you know, she, she drank a whole lot. So, I mean, a single mother of five children, you know, who she had to raise on her own. So as a young man growing up, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up to all the wrong individuals. They, I'm like, I'm looking up to these older guys and I'm like, you know, I want to be like y'all because, you know, they selling drugs. They got on the nice clothes. You know, they 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 driving the nice cars. And these are the things that I'm just I'm like, I want these things, too. Yeah. What I, what do I have to do? Yeah. You know, so, of course, my 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 upbringing as, as a child, you know, molded me to the individual that that I was then. So I, I grew up in a, in a very impoverished background. It had um, people kind of approach me about like selling drugs. And I was like, you know, no, nah, I can't do that. You know what I'm saying? I can't I can't get down with that. Um, but it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And the struggle is very real when you don't have much. You're thinking about, OK, I want to have what they have right now. But at the same time, you have to grapple with the fact that, OK, if I make this decision to have what they have right now, I may land in, you know, in, in a detention center or I, I may end up incarcerated somewhere. So that. I, I want people to understand because sometimes people think, you know, you 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 just made you make making the wrong choices. You're making the wrong choices. It's all on you. And they think that it's so easy, especially if you don't grow up in that kind of environment. You think that it's easier, easy for people to make the decision not to go in that direction. Right. I want you to talk a little bit about that. The wrestle that you had with turning from the decisions that you made, because it's, I see I see the gear that you have on right now. Like you fresh to death, right? Like, <laughs> like you fresh to death. And it's it's hard because you go from like, oh, I can get that so quickly. And a lot of young people want instant gratification. How did you go from, okay, I can't get instant gratification anymore. I have to wait a long time to be able to get some of the things that I desire. Okay, so basically, um, I'm gonna put it like this. When when I was in the streets and I was coming up getting my name, they basically they, they called me goon, you know. So it's just like I, I looked at that and like I took pride in that. I took pride in being this goon. I took pride in people being afraid of me. I took pride in knowing that when I walked up and people seeing me, they like, oh yeah, that's that that's goon right there. Yeah. You know, as a as a child. But like once I once I actually fell and started to sit down around older individuals who like in the penitentiary who has been locked up before I was born and is going to be locked up, mm. you know, for the rest of their life. And they're sitting there telling me like, listen, you know, you, you got a second chance at life. Um, you need, you need to chill out, yeah. you know, like read, read this book. And that's real talk too. Right. Because a lot of uh, young people hear the music today. They hear the music today and it's glorified. Like, yeah, you know, be in the streets, do X, Y, and Z. And that's that's what they're hearing. And so they think that's the real talk. That's what's really going on. But you're telling me that the you being in prison, those people kind of supported you and say, hey, you need to turn some things around. You have a second chance. And that's what's, what's, what's really real, right? The real, the real goons who were in prison for, like, you know, the real goons who were in prison. So it's not all of that entertainment and, you know, the fluff that is put out there. I want young people to hear that and hear it from you, considering, you know, 
everything that you've been through and you have experienced it, right? Um, and to segue more into the educational piece of this, how would you say educational systems impacted your view of self? Were there any teachers to kind of direct you or uh, push you in the right direction? Or did you feel like you didn't have as much guidance that you needed? Um, I had, went, once I got to where I was going um, in the penitentiary, um, I ran into this guy named Joseph Oko. He's a Nigerian guy from, from, from Africa, from Nigeria, Africa. And um, basically what he did, we were playing basketball one day. And um, he had seen me like steal the ball from a guy. You know, and he was just like, man, you're super athletic. You like, come here, come talk to me. He like, he marked out the little 40. He, he marked out a 40 with like a shoelace. Yeah. Honestly, he measured out a shoelace with a ruler. And then he marked out a 40 on, on the yard. So he like, look, run, run this 40 for me. Yeah. You know, I guess I ran a, a crazy time. He like, man, do this broad jump. You know, let's see how high you can jump, how far you can jump. And things like that. He knew I was super strong because that's all I used to do is work out. He like, man, you when you get home, man, you should play football. You should go to school and play football. So I'm like, how am I going to do that? You know, he like, listen, this is how you can do it. So he pulled out. We had this big old college book of all the colleges in the United States. He's like, look, this is how we're going to do it. So we did some research of all of the schools, of all of the players, basically, who gets drafted or who, who who goes to D1 schools and things like that. He's like, look, we need to start small and we can work our way up. So we started looking at all the junior colleges, all the ones in Mississippi, Texas, Kansas, California. And he's like, look, all of the schools in Mississippi, basically, like this is SEC territory. They're surrounded by all of the major schools. If you go here and play football, somebody's going to grab you, wow. I promise you. You know, what did that do for your self-esteem when I was there? I'm like, I, I, I'm not too sure, you know, but I'm going I'm to listen to you because you sound like, you know what you're talking about. So I'm going to listen to you. So that whole time, like he's training me for months and months. I'm talking about crazy training. I'm a Muslim, too. So even during Ramadan, like in the heat, he had me out there. So you weren't eating and you were eating, drinking nothing. There's been some days where I felt like I was ready to die, you know. So he had me out there grinding. Ooh, you are strong. Because <laughs> I go like, I missed like two meals and I start tripping. <laughs> so I, how, how in the world did you do that? Like throughout Ramadan, you have some incredible strength. Hunger, man. Honestly, it's just hunger, you know. And then when you got that fear of God in you, it's just, yeah. you feel like nothing can stop you, honestly. Nothing, nothing or no one. So considering everything that you've been through, right? Um, what is your stance on current institutions in place, like institutions of higher learning, rehabilitation and correction, religious institutions? What are your thoughts about those institutions? Is there some change that needs to happen or you feel like everything is going the way that it should? Um, There's definitely a lot of change that needs to happen as far as, I mean, first of all, um, we, we need to, we need to, the educational system need to help support more of the minority students. You know, there's a whole bunch of PWI or primarily white white institutions, you know, and like these, these people, they're already afforded the opportunity to, to go, basically, because they're willed their way in, you know. But a lot of us, like, I mean, 
we we get out of high school and it's just I mean that's just it get a job and you know you just go about your business so I feel like I feel as though you know as far as the educational system like that the high the educational system of higher learning like they need to you know put something in place that that's going to help you know our people out for one um rehabilitate I think we, as though we need more rehabilitation center centers and less penitentiaries right. because you know anytime somebody does something wrong it could be because somebody is you know they could be mentally ill right. they could they could be dependent on a drug or anything you know help these people why throw them in prison because they they're sick you know anytime yeah. you're addicted to a drug you're sick you know so like they I feel as though yeah it's it's definitely corrupt and not only the people who are sick from those drugs, right? Like, because you talked about how your mother struggled with some of that, but the children who are a no product question. and they're struggling and they're trying to fend for themselves, they need some rehabilitation too. Of course, because I even even myself, I know it. In a lot of instances, it left me traumatized. You know, I, I I'm I'm I feel as though. I'm a man at the end of the day. You know, even then when I was a boy, I felt as though I'm a man and this is my little brother and this is my little sister. What can I do to help them out? You know, I see my mother is struggling with everything to pay bills, to do everything. And she still has her, you know, her, her habit. What can I do to help out as a man? You know, so, yeah, in a lot of instances, it did leave me traumatized. So do you think that mindset made you go out to sell drugs were you trying to somehow support your mother while you were selling of course i mean and and not just them the the, the image part of it as well i thought i honestly thought yeah it's cool you know i didn't know any other way to put food on the table besides sell drugs rob or do whatever you know and of course well um if there was if there was one thing that you would say or one charge you would give to and I would say just youth, but now I'm thinking more along the lines of adults, those people who are outside of those environments. What charge would you give them? Because so many of us are disconnected. We don't really understand um, disenfranchised communities, and we see certain things that happen with the people in those disenfranchised communities, and we, at an arm's distance, make um, certain accusations or judgments about the people. What charge would you give them to, to see some change happen? You know, like they say, if 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 you're not helping, the, if you're not a, a part of helping the problem, and you're actually just sitting back and watching something, but have an opinion about something, you're actually a, a cause to the problem. You know, so at the end of the day, I feel as though like if you're not actually going out into the community, or even like mentoring or trying to help that one individual, something that you've learned over your 20, 30, 40, 50 years of life, if you're not actually trying to teach that end of that that young person who's struggling something, then just you know keep your mouth shut and just like keep it moving. But and everybody else, if you have an opinion, honestly do do something about it. Like grab a youth, one person. Cause it took one person that to, to to grab me and just say, "Look, man, you're talented. You're smart. Read this book. You know, come run some forties. Yeah. You know, and 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 it put me in a beautiful position. So my 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 stance to them is just, you know, if you have an opinion about something, or you feel strongly about something, even in your heart, if you feel a little bit strongly about something, then do something about it. Yeah. Um, amen. Amen. I, I agree with you a thousand percent. <laughs> um, and you're, you're this incredible motivational speaker. So I want to hear something, uh, motivational, like motivate us. 
motivate us, motivate the young people listening to this. Your story in and of itself and everything you've said so far was motivational. But is there anything else you'd like to say to, to let us hear that gift that you have? We've heard it already, but give us a bit more um, to help young people keep moving. Okay, I just want to say to my young brothers, you know, um, everybody who's struggling with whether it's drugs or struggling with self, trying to figure out where you fit in in life or what you're trying to accomplish, you know, I just want you to, I want to, I want to tell you that, you know, you're not that goon. You don't have to be that menace. You don't have to be, you know, this stone cold killer to, to feel as though, you know, you have something or you are someone. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't have to sell drugs to wear nice clothes or to drive a nice car. You know, you can actually go to school and get an education and actually earn that and live on that and offer that for the rest of your life. An education lasts long, way, way longer than any amount of drugs can actually, you know, can, can actually provide for you. You know, when I was in the penitentiary, I felt as though I'm like, man, I would never sell drugs ever again. I'd rather work in McDonald's, you know, and penny pinch before I come back here ever again and see my mother cry, you know. At the end of the day, I feel as though we all we all need to realize that our loved ones, the, the people who is close to us, they are going to pass away, you know. And 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 at the end of the day, we are going to regret all of the things that that we've done to hurt them, you know. To the youth, you know, especially us, like you know, cherish our mothers, cherish our women, you know, cherish our salesmen. Say Do that something. one more time. Cherish our mothers, cherish our women. You know, do something that's going to help yourself. Learn something. Knowledge knowledge is, is the greatest sword that any individual can have. You know, you want to stop falling into that trap. You want something better out of life. Pick up a book and read something. I promise you you'll learn a whole lot more than what you will learn from that OG in the streets. I promise you you will. Thank you so much, Jawan Addison. You are wise beyond your years i think and it's probably something that is innate but maybe your experiences have have helped you have helped to cultivate that in you and i hope every person listening to this is not just going to listen to it and say oh that was so motivational thank you and and feel it in the moment but i hope it is a charge that moves you in the right direction so again we thank you again Jawan Addison for being here with us at Cage Free Voices Radio and giving us a little bit of your time we'd also like to thank Impact Hub DC for sponsoring this show and our producer Mr. Matthew Ashton who graciously engineers um, the, the, the music that you've heard is called Downloaded it is by your girl Sheba if you want to find out more you can visit my website at bathshebasmithin.com and again we want to thank Thank Impact Hub for sponsoring this show. We want to thank you guys for joining us for this amazing episode on self-image and body image with Mr. Jawan Addison. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and tell your friends to tell their friends to, the, to subscribe to the show on iTunes and feel free to get in touch with us at cagefreevoices.com. Remember to see yourself even if the world is blind. Reflect, connect, and transcend every barrier that will try to cage your voice. Be cage-free.